Again, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we are a bilingual church here. Feliz Navidad. That's about as far as I go, but thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for that. Love it. If you have your Bibles, get them ready this morning. We've been in this series, right, called God With Us. We've been in the Advent series talking about all of the things you see up here on these banners. Um, we, we've talked about hope and love and joy. And this week we come to peace. Uh, we've lit all four candles at this point. And on Christmas Eve, are you going to be here Christmas Eve? Yes. It'll be a good service on Christmas Eve. We will light the Christ candle in the middle of our Advent wreath. Um, so we will continue celebrating on Friday. It's kind of strange, I know. We're celebrating Christmas Sunday, and we haven't even gone through Christmas Eve yet. But that's just kind of how the calendar worked this year. And believe it or not, we do it every year. We celebrate Christmas Sunday, and then we have Christmas Eve when that falls. Uh, are you guys ready for Christmas? No. Are you, no? Are you ready for... Uh, are, are you excited about Christmas? Yeah. I know there are some people in this church and watching online, and you know who you are, that love Christmas and cannot wait. Are you super excited about Christmas? This will, I got a little meter, right, of sort of how to tell how excited you are about Christmas. When do you put your tree up? Let me ask you this question. How many have had their tree up since after Thanksgiving? Like, that's your thing. After Thanksgiving, the tree or trees... Some of you, some of us, right? After Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. How many put their tree up before Thanksgiving? Yep, a little bit, a little bit. Got a few, got a few. Um, how many really early in November, like early part of November? Been up that long? Mm, not really. So nobody in October put their tree up? There's one in the back. Put, put their tree up in October. It's, uh, and so it begins. I don't know where Jake is, but I can feel him rolling his eyes this morning, Jake Cantor. How about this? Anybody still have Christmas lights up from last year? From last year? How many, how many just don't take them down? They just, they'll light next year, we'll plug them in, we'll see what happens. How many, how many roll a tree somewhere in a corner of, and just cover it already decorated? Any of those folks? You got a few. I love that. It's the Christmas season, right? And this is the time when we start to reminisce and we start to think about family and we start to think about all these things, joy, hope, love, and peace, and all those good things. But we also recognize, right, that it's a challenging season as well. It can be challenging. And, and, and I know that maybe we've gone through Thanksgiving and now we're looking into Christmas and, and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And, and I know some of it, some of you... Look forward to family coming around in those large gatherings, maybe, or even small ones with certain people. And some of you, like, your family's not that fun to be around, right? You're kind of like, mm, here we go again. I'm going to have to see the, you know, put your relative in this blank. But maybe you, maybe you feel the pressure. Maybe you have a lot of people to buy gifts for. Uh, maybe you're thinking about your list and it's not anybody done shopping. Anybody finished? Done? All right, so there's not everybody, not a whole lot. But you're thinking about that, and you have, some of you haven't even started. <laughs> I pray for you. I'm trying to help you this morning. But, so where's my last-minute shoppers? Where's my last-minute shoppers? Fellas, anybody? Right, right? It, it, was, it was many a Christmas that I'm out on Christmas Eve, right? I mean, it's, it's just the way it is. So but here you are. Just You know what? Any last minute, just start today. 
go online, buy everybody a candle. Right? Done. Candle, 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 candle. Different scent. Mix it up. I get it. But, you know, just, you know, they'll get mad, but at least you got something. Right? At least you got them something. Because you don't want to be that guy who's out like last minute, December 24th, stores are starting to close, and you're at CVS buying gifts, right? You're right you're, you're down the as seen on TV aisle. You know, you don't be that person. Oh, cool. I got blue glasses, right? They help you see the screen, Papa. I'm like, what? Well, I don't. I got a magnifier. Awesome. You know, don't, don't be the CVS last minute shopper. But the question we often ask around this time of year, right, is, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Right? Kids, what do you want for Christmas? Hey, what, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And if you have kids, they have no problem answering, right? How many used to, used to or, or, or currently get the, the, the circulars, the ads in the mail? Now my kids make an Amazon list for us. You know, they, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Check the cart, Dad. Oh, okay. Oh, look at that. Stuff in the save for later. There it is. My youngest makes a PowerPoint presentation every year for us to look. Is it, if I'm lying, I'm dying. My Christmas list. Click. What? She's in the room. Thank goodness. There she is. They love when I include them in my sermon. But as you get older, right, you, you experience things and you get to realize, right, that, that the stuff really doesn't bring you that contentment, that happiness, as you begin to think about it, like really think about it, um, everybody take a deep breath. Okay, and let it out. This is what, as I ask people, I talk to more and more people, and I ask, you know, how are things going? What, what are things going? You know what? Here's the answer. People tell me, you know, I just want some rest. I just want to kind of take it from here to here, just so I can take that breath. I just want to, how about a break? Just a break. From all of just, oh, I just want, how about a real vacation? How about just some time off? And really what you're asking for in all of that can be summed up in one word. What do you want for Christmas? Peace. Can I just have some peace? And if you're a parent in this room, you, you add and quiet on the end of that, <laughs> right? I just want some peace and quiet. The challenge is, though, we often misdefine peace and where it comes from. We think of peace as situational, like situational peace. Like if I could just have a peaceful situation in my life, then everything would be fine. If I could have some peace in my life, but there's almost really there's no such thing if you've lived a little while. And if anybody should have had peace, as we begin to get into our account from the scriptures this morning... If anybody should have had peace in the Christmas story, it should have been Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? She's, she's chosen to be the mother of the Christ child. But there's nothing peaceful about her life. From the moment we meet her until the last moment, there's nothing peaceful about Mary's life. I mean, she's overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, I love the translation that says, that she is great with child. Right? How many have seen those pregnant women? They're great with child. Like, my goodness, girl. Are, are you getting close? You know, right? You've seen them. Come on. You've seen them. Some people got a bump. Some people got a Volkswagen. Like, you're ready. And they'll tell you, I am ready. I am great with child. 
the scripture says that she had never known a man, and, and she's betrothed to be married to Joseph. And now she's got to go tell him, hey, hey bro, uh, you're going to love this, and I'm really excited. He's like, actually, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't have a speaking part in the story, so we don't, we don't know what he says. He's literally speechless. Because if you read it, he says nothing. Thank you very much for that. You know, I'm, we don't know what he what he thought, but we already said. But we do know that he thought about. And the Bible says this. And and read your Bible, folks. It is is riveting. Sometimes you read it, you're like, he said that. He said that he thought about putting her away privately. Y'all remember that? Putting her away privately, like he's some kind of mob boss. You know, he's like, hey. Uh, I'm going to need you to take care of my crazy fiance, okay? To keep it keep it quiet, you know what I'm saying? Maybe give her some concrete shoes, I don't know. Put her in the Jordan, I don't know. Maybe call it a baptism gone wrong or something, I don't know. <laughs> privately, put her away privately. He's like, whatever you want, forget about it. Just in the... Guys, I'm, if this is your first time here watching online, I, I am the real pastor. Um... <laughs> And I love you. No one else is coming up. Um, and I love you. I love you. I love you guys online. I love you all here. Um, but so there's nothing peaceful about her situation. And then to make things worse, remember the season. Remember why they were on this road together? It's tax season. How many love tax season? <laughs> no accountants in the room. Or full of accountants, maybe. Everyone's like, we hate tax. But it's tax season. And and then back in those days, they couldn't pay pay taxes where they are, where they live. They had to go back to sort of a hometown and and gather things. So they're riding this donkey. She's riding a donkey. She's great with child. She's pregnant. And she's getting ready to give birth. And so remember, there's no room for them anywhere in hotel rooms to be found. There's no room in the inn. Right? It's tax season. Everyone has to come back to the center of town. Everyone's got to be, be in this place together. So there's no rooms, right? I mean, you can, you can relate. Ever been trying to get a room booked somewhere? And you're like, sorry, we're booked up. Sorry, we're booked up. Everywhere they went, there was no room. And so they're looking everyone. Nobody has a spot. And you're thinking, you know what? Hey, wait. Okay, so God is the orchestrator of everything, right? Uh, and this is the Christ child being ready to be born. And God's a planner, right? He kind of lays things out orderly. Any planners in the room, right? Planners? You like to plan things, right? So you think, God, you're a planner. Although all the planners are like, yeah, and all the other people are like, yeah, we love your plans, right? Got your little schedule, and they just giggle. But God's a planner. You would think that he would, that, 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 that he would plan, and he said, you know what? I'm going to, to, I'm going to have a son, and he's going to be the Savior. The Christ child is coming. And you might want to, he might give someone the resources, right? To sort of open the, the Bethlehem Ritz Carlton, you know, presidential suite. But that's not what happens. We know that Jesus is born, we hear, in a stable or a barn. But truthfully, it was probably one of the cave dwellings where people lived and in the front of the house. And whenever there was bad weather or something, they would bring the animals in to cover them and keep them safe. And there was like a feeding place for the animals right there. It was a trough and it was a manger. 
And there was no room for him, so he's brought and born right there around those animals in a chaotic situation. The shepherds show up in the middle of it all. Now, the shepherds show up and they say, you know what? The angels told us, they were like, hello, you're in the middle of birth? We're here, the angels told us to come. Okay, come on in, right? What? What? Anybody shows up at my house and says, hey, the angels told me to come. Guess who else is coming? The police. They're coming. Well, I'm just saying. So the shepherds come in. You can imagine they probably didn't want anybody in the room, much less some shepherds to roll up like, hey, oh yeah, come on in. It's, it's chaos in here. Come on in. What's one more? What's five more? How many shepherds could there be? Come on all in. So then, then to add to that chaos and stress, there's a king that's trying to kill him, trying to kill Jesus. And I wonder, in the midst of all this confusion and chaos, and, and it's really something, I wonder if God didn't allow His Son to be born into this chaotic situation to relate to our lives from the very beginning. That He understands our chaos and our confusion in our darkest days. And our hardest times, He understands. And when you're going through the roughest moment of your life, Jesus can relate because He was born right into it. And He's letting us know, hey, take a breath. It's going to be alright. He's showing us the secret through His birth that peace is found in perspective. Tell your neighbor that peace is found in perspective. I'm really, go ahead and tell him. And here's what I mean. I mean, it's hard to, kind of hard to say peace, and pers- peace is found in perspective. But it's not about what I see, what I'm looking at. Peace is not about what I'm looking at in front of me. It's about who I'm looking to. This idea, here's this idea of, of peace on earth. Y'all know about that, right? Peace on earth. It's in, one, it's in the carols that we sing, right? It's a common phrase we hear during this time of year, peace on earth. Go to the greeting card aisle, you'll find four or five right on the front. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. I looked up peace on earth in ten different translations, and it's only found one time in the Bible. Peace on earth is only mentioned one time in the Old or New Testament, and that's in Luke chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, get there. It's going to be on the screen. Luke chapter 12, and it's the words of Jesus himself. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 51, peace on earth, right? This might rock you a little bit. He says this, do you think I came to bring, here's our phrase, peace on earth. What does Jesus say? No. No, I tell you, but division. What? Merry Christmas. (laughs) That's not in the inside of that card that says peace on earth. Don't get grandma a card with that. You know, I bring about peace on earth. No, division. Not this year, granny. No peace. Sorry. It's a misconception that God's mission is peace on earth. Hold the phone, as they say. Hang on. In fact, he said his message would actually divide people. There would be a division. 
It's because the enemy is going to deceive, try to deceive as many people as he can. Many people are still waiting on God to do something he never said that he would do. He never said that. Look at the words. He never said, I'm going to bring peace on earth. Here's what he did say. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. In fact, a few years ago, the New York Daily News had a big embolded headline, and it said on that, that paper right on the front, it said, God isn't fixing this. God never said he would. In fact, he, there is a promise that we can count on. He promised that in this world, we would have trouble. We would have trouble. If you're looking for something just to make you feel good and have some kind of, oh, you know, peace on earth, that's not what the Scripture says. That's not what you're going to hear. That's not what you're going to hear from this pulpit. You're going to hear what this Word says. And if you're looking for that feel-good verse, Pastor, preach it, oh man, tell us something that's going to feel, make us feel good and have us live our best life now. Some of you get that joke. This is not the prosperity gospel that happens in the Scripture or from this pulpit. This verse isn't the one to send you off and tell you, oh Mary, hey, live a good life. The Bible says in John 16.33, says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Period. That's also a promise from God. Peace. As much as we grab all the other promises, please remember that He did not promise you an easy life. He didn't promise you that everything would go perfect. If you read the rest of this section of Scripture right here, He didn't promise you everything would go just the way perfect and everything would be unicorns and rainbows. You ever get mad at God? You ever get just just angry for a minute? You ever just get mad? God, why can't this be easier? He's like, well, I never said it was going to be. Sometimes we get mad at God for doing, not doing something that He never promised. But here's what He did promise, and I love this. He said, in this world you will have trouble, period. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. You're going to have trouble, but God's not going to leave you high and dry. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to be with you. And I love the fact that, that knowing that we can rest in Him, and, here, and the answer is right here, where to find peace. I've told you these things, He says, so that you may have peace. Peace is found in perspective. Not in your situation. Not in how good you feel in the morning or how bad you feel in the afternoon. Peace is found in Christ. Not in your situation. And I can tell you time and time and time again, and I'm sure you could tell me as well, that we've had moments where everything was in chaos. Everything around us just was unrest and was going crazy. And, and I would even say things like it, and maybe you would too, that I, I just need some peace. I just need some peace. 
And when things are going crazy, and, and I don't know, I, I just think of crazy households and how things are, can be kind of crazy, and world the world is crazy, and the jobs are crazy, and, and you say, I just need some peace! Let me tell you, that doesn't help. <laughs> when you scream at everyone that I need peace, that doesn't fix it. But when you go into a room somewhere, sometimes you don't even have to go into a room, just take a moment and, and just close your eyes and have a moment with God and say, you know what? God, I need your peace. I need your peace. A soul-dwelling, internal, Holy Spirit act peace. God, I just need your peace. You just, in your mind, just talk to God and say, Oh God, I need some peace. And the craziest thing that I know testimonies in this room would speak to it, that you say, God, I need your peace. And He shows up and He actually gives you peace. And sometimes you can, the peace that floods in when you've asked Him, God, I just need some peace. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can, you can feel it. Like, feel it. Come from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and you just feel, there's the peace I need. In the midst of a world that is a, that is a, a, a tornado around you, you can stand in the eye of the storm and say, you know what? God, I need your peace. And from the top of your head to the bottoms of your feet, you just know that God is in full control. And we have peace. I wonder how many of us have been looking in the wrong place for the right thing. We're looking for peace. We're looking in the wrong place for the right thing. I heard about a couple that went on a cruise um, a few years back with a bunch of family. This is not my family. So anybody that's in this room or watching online, this is not us. Don't send me emails or leave comments. But I heard of a family. They went on their first cruise, and it was their first one. And I think this couple, it might have been their last one. Because they went on this cruise, and then at the last night, they had the captain's dinner. And the captain's dinner is where they got to meet the captain, right? You get to go to the big fancy restaurant on the cruise ship and you get to meet the captain. And I always wondered who's driving the boat while we're meeting, but that's not important. But you get to meet the captain and the captain said to this couple, hey, how's the cruise been for you? And the guy's like, well, I got to tell you, man, this is just how I picture this voice in my head. It's been good, but man, we're kind of tired. And the captain's like, well, haven't you gotten rest on the cruise? I mean, you can sleep as long as you want. You know, whatever. Haven't you got any rest? He goes, man, no, nah, man, we're not tired like that kind of tired. We're tired of the food. And the captain's shaking his head like, even if you've never been on a cruise, you've heard that the food is like where it's at. Like, it's what they do. And the captain's like, how, how can you be, how can you, okay, well, interesting. The captain says, tell us how we can do better. What, what do you mean you're, you're, you're tired of the food? And he goes, man... Y'all could serve something a little bit different. Every day we eat at the burger barn or the taco shack. Every single day. And sometimes there's pizza. And we're kind of tired of it. We were hoping for some more variety. The captain kind of looks and he says, you, you talk about like up on the pool deck? Like by the pool? Yeah, every day. Me and the wife, we get up, we go to the pool deck. We eat at the burger barn or the taco shack. And sometimes they have pizza. The captain looks at him and he says, you know, we have, we have like seven 
five-star type restaurants on board this ship. And you mean you haven't toured the boat at all? You haven't been... No, man, every morning we get up, me and the wife, we go to the pool deck, and we stay there all day, and sometimes we eat at the burger barn, and sometimes we get the tacos, and occasionally there's pizza. And the captain looked at him and he says, you mean you've never really, you've never even been in this room? Like you've never been where we are right now? Like at all? Like this is the, you've never been in this restaurant? Nah, man. Pool deck. The captain looks at him and he says, every single night, you're supposed to be in here. You know, you have a schedule. Have you looked at that schedule? There's dinner here every night. Nah, man. Pool deck. Literally, he said, every single night, there is a table. You know the table you're sitting at right now? He said, there's a table that has your name in front of those chairs every single night. He said, you know this table here? Have you enjoyed the meal here tonight? He goes, oh man, now this is where it's at. We had lobster, we had filet mignon, and I even asked for another one, and she brought me another filet mignon. He said, man... And the captain says, you, you, you know you could have had that every single night. Those seats have your name on them every night. Why? And you haven't been here. Why haven't you been here? And he said, man, pool deck. <laughs> We've been on the pool deck. I know it's a silly illustration, but I wonder how many of y'all have been on the pool deck eating at the spiritual burger barn or taco shack when God has lobster and filet mignon on a table that has your name on it. But for whatever reason, you're looking for the right thing in the wrong place. Begging for peace in my situation. When God never said He would give you peace in your situation... We just have to make sure, church, that we're turned to Him. Let me give you some, some, some scripture on the fact that you cannot have peace on earth. It's not going to be your situation that you're going to find. Four reasons you don't have peace on earth. Here's number one. Unavoidable circumstances. Guess what? My life is out of my control. You ever had a flat tire and, and called it a good day? You ever had traffic when you have plenty of time to get there? No, it's like, I mean, you're cutting it close. You have a one-minute margin, and they've already texted you and said, what's your ETA? And you said 802, and you were lying because you know it says 807. Can I get a witness this morning? And then you hit traffic, and there are unavoidable circumstances, but maybe it's more serious. Maybe you've had some serious disasters this year and it's out of your control loss of your job loss of your home loss of a loved one it's literally out of your control unavoidable unavoidable circumstances Jeremiah 420 says this disaster follows disaster and the whole land lies in ruins and in an instant my tents are destroyed and my shelter in a moment what he's teaching us is the frailty of this world Life is fragile at a moment, he said. My shelter can be destroyed. My tents are destroyed. My, my whole land lies in ruins. 
You cannot put your faith in this world because you're not going to, and you're not going to get peace on earth. It doesn't come from the world. That's number one, unavoidable circumstances. Number two, a reason you don't have peace on earth is because of unbearable people. Look straight ahead right now. Look straight ahead right at me. Look right ahead. Do the right thing. But have you ever thought life would be so much better without some of these people? And I want you to prepare your hearts because right now, some of you, like you can't help it, but you're going, it's going to be Christmas here. Christmas is coming. It's a, less than a week away. And you're going to be around some of these unbearable people. And you're going to tell them that you love them. And you might love them. You're going to tell them all that. That I love you. But in your heart you're going, I really don't like you. Right? I mean, you're going to get gifts from these people. And you're like, I love this sweater. And you're, you, you hate it. But you're going to tell them, I love this sweater. Because they know you're a large and brought you an extra large. And you can't take it back because they took the tags off and they had your name on it. You ain't taking that back. But you're going to be around some people and that aren't going to bring you much peace. And you know it's coming. And some of you have the anxiety already about it. You know you're going to gather with these folks. <laughs> Single people. Where are my single people at? Right? There's a few. Right? You don't have to raise your hands. It's all right. But it's important that you know this, single people. Uh, Marriage is is sacred and it's, it's a wonderful thing. But you don't have to just do it on someone else's timeline. Because if you're single and you're over 25, you may get this question at the holiday dinner. You may get this from Aunt So-and-so, who doesn't know any better, let's say. And, and she, she's going to say, I'm, gonna get, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Those that are here and those watching online, I'm helping you this morning, I promise. You're going to say from Aunt, Aunt whoever, she's going to ask that question. Oh, honey, are you seeing anyone? Why aren't you married yet? Here's your response. If you're not a note taker, doesn't matter, take it. Here's your response, because I'm afraid I'll end up with someone like you. That's your response, because they shouldn't ask that question. They shouldn't have asked. I'm helping you this morning. You tell them, because I'm afraid that somehow, accidentally, I'll end up with someone just like you. The truth is, though, for some people, some people can be very hateful, and some people can... uh, Speak hate and speak things that, you know, we're joking around, but sometimes, I mean, it can be really hard. And you're going to come across unbearable people. And we can joke about it, we can laugh about it, but there are people in your life that are just unbearable. Sometimes it's people that are closest to us. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a brother, maybe it's a sister or relatives or whoever it is. Psalm 109 says that, with words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. There are going to be people in your life who are unbearable. And it makes it hard to find peace on earth. Number three, reasons that you won't have peace on earth is unexplainable problems. When things don't turn out right. And we don't understand why. Why? You ever ask the question, why? 
Why? Why me? Why here? Why now? Why us? Why this? I'm convinced that as a parent, you know, the first words that, that kids learn, right? It's, it's often mom or mama or dada. But then very quickly after that, they learn the word why. Why? Many of us could, would ask our parents a question. And then why? 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 Well, because of this. Why? Well, because this happened. Why? And it just never seems to stop. And most of the time, our parents would give us a reason, right? Sometimes. But mostly they would say this when we ask, when we ask our parents, Hey, Mom and Dad, can I go this? Can I do that? And we say, they say no. And we say, why? And what do they say? Say it with me, everybody. Because? I love you all. No, you all heard it. Because I said so. Those are the, and why would we expect God to have an answer like we deserve an answer for everything? God is sovereign. It means He is who He says He is and He's going to do whatever He wants because He's God. God doesn't have to answer our why. Are you okay with that? God does not have to answer our why to us. There are some questions that won't be answered. Some that I just don't understand, and I won't understand, and I can't understand. We have to come to a place in our relationship with our Creator that that's okay. Because I'm going to have unexplainable problems in life. Even Jesus questioned God. Matthew 27, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the moment, the cross, the moment of his greatest pain, Jesus had a question. My God, why? If Jesus himself said why, you might question too. And if you don't always get the answer that you want, it's okay because one of these days, all of our questions will be answered. Because we speak of Advent, not only His coming, but His coming again. We will have unavoidable circumstances. We will have unbearable people. Unexplainable problems. And the last, number four, we will have sometimes... Uncontrollable worry. We just feel like we're, we're worried it's uncontrollable. Like just worry just comes. I'm worrying, 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 worrying. You worry about everything. Especially during this time of year. If you would, can I get a witness, right? Help, come on somebody, one preacher said. In this season, it builds up this anxiousness, this worry and I don't know if you would self-identify and say, you know what, I'm a worrier. I'm a bit of a worrier. Some of you are worried if you should buy this, say that, go here, write that, text that, call them, and you, and you have uncontrollable worry. It just comes. If you would this morning, is anybody in the room a bit of a worrier? Not, not oh, but just a bit of a worrier. Like, eh, I'm, I, I worry about things. Some of you are worried if you should raise your hand or not. Like that's then you know. Like that's I don't know. I should, other people are. 
know if I want to self-identify like that. I won't make you raise your hand. But if you're a worrier and you didn't, that's fine. But, but, but we worry. And, we, we, and I'm convinced that men and women worry over different things, right? We worry about different things, especially during the Christmas holiday. You know, women worry about, have I gotten enough for everybody? And have I thought of everyone? Do I have enough food? Do I have enough provision? Can I, uh, they worry. Women worry about things like that. Men worry about two things. How am I paying for this? And when are you all going to leave my house? That's what... Come on, somebody. Come on. Some of you aren't, never write anything down. I've just seen some notes. I'm, I'm writing that down. That's funny. I mean, there's some legitimate, serious reasons, though, for, for challenges and reasons that you are worried. You're worried about health issues and financial problems and family crisis and are my kids going to be okay? Am I going to have a job next year? What are we going to do? Well, I can tell you this, though. One, one, one person is, is, I don't know who's credited with this, but a few people have said this, that worrying never solves tomorrow's problems. It only robs today of its peace. Right? You've heard that one? It's, put that on an embroidery pillow somewhere, somebody. Worrying never solves tomorrow's problems. It only robs today of its peace. That is the truth. And I know some of you are thinking, but I know there's a verse that says peace on earth. I know there's one in there. Pastor, it's there. I see it. They wouldn't put it everywhere on the Christmas cards. There's got to be one that says it. It's got, it. Actually, there is one verse, and it says something a little bit different. And if you look in the translations that actually are the most accurate, uh, go to, to Luke, right? That's the, go to Luke chapter 2. Some of you are like, goodness, he's finally getting to Luke chapter 2. It's Christmas already. Go to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to go to verse 10. And this is when the angel came. The angel said this, We talked about this before. Do not be afraid. Yeah, right. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. This is the angels. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Here we go. Everyone read this with me up up on the screen. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. It's not peace on earth it's on earth peace it's a huge difference are you tracking with me this morning huge difference it's on earth peace to those or to men on whom his favor rests so god doesn't give peace to a situation he gives peace to a person to you he doesn't give peace to a to a planet on earth, he doesn't give peace to a planet. He gives peace to specific individuals. It is a gift of God to have peace in the middle of an unpeaceful earth. John 14, 27 says this. I am leaving you, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. 
And the peace I give is a gift. It's a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. See, the world doesn't really have any peace to offer. And we know that situational peace can crumble in a moment. In a moment. The key to this verse that we just read is to those on whom His favor rests. So the question becomes, if I want peace, how do I get God's favor? How do I become one of these people on whom His favor rests? Because listen, when I live... You know, oh, this, is, this is good. I hope you get this. When I live in God's favor, and I told you what this message already isn't, right? It's not this peace and everything's going to be all right. And when I live in God's favor, I have God's peace. That's what that verse tells me. Let me back it up. There it is. When I live in God's favor, I have His peace. I may be in the most chaotic situation. I might have been in the most chaotic situation in my entire life. And in the midst of that situation, not knowing what to do, I have peace. It doesn't make any sense. Don't try and make it make sense of it. But have you ever known anyone who had peace in the middle of something and you're like, how are they even here right now? How, are they even, how do they even have the strength to stand up? How are they even here with a smile? <laughs> because the peace of God, the Bible says that passes understanding. You're like, I don't even understand how you have this peace. No, it's the peace that comes from God, that passes your understanding. Like you have, I wish I could understand this. There goes the peace, past your understanding. And you don't, how can they, I don't understand. Well, no, it says it surpasses human understanding. I don't understand why I have this peace. I don't understand how I even got here. But some people you look over and you think, maybe that's you. Maybe that's you this morning. And you're here. And you don't know how you're, you're even sitting upright. But you're a child of the King. And you have His peace. Not your situation is not peaceful. But somehow, you have His peace. Because you have His favor. All His favor is, is knowing Him. We don't understand why we have the peace. We rely on God. This is a whole other sermon for another time, but when we don't understand why we have His peace and how we get it, how do we get this peace? Four points I don't have time to go into, but I'll give them to you anyway. This is a bonus. You didn't pay for this part. You receive God's forgiveness. This is how you get God's peace. How do you get this peace? You receive God's forgiveness. You rely on God's plan. You respect God's principles. I'm going to preach this someday. And you run into God's presence. You receive God's forgiveness. That's basic. Right? That's the first step. 
receive His forgiveness. Some people think I can't be forgiven. God said you can. I'll receive it. Just receive it. It's a gift. It's Christmas time. Receive His forgiveness. Rely on God's plan. He is sovereign. He is who He says He is. He's going to do what He says He's going to do. Rely on His plan. The third thing, respect God's principles. And this has to do with holiness. The word that's up there, holiness unto the Lord. It's what the scripture teaches. It's why I'm a Nazarene today. Respect God's principles. Live the way He's outlined in the scripture for you to live. You want God's peace? You want God's favor? Live how He has called you in the Scripture to live. So many times, and oh oh boy, I see I'm starting to preach it. So many people think, oh, you know what? It's, oh, God forgives me and I can live any way I want. You want His peace? You want His favor? God's called you to a holy life. Period. Scripture says in 1 Peter, be holy for He is holy. Well, how can I be holy? Through His forgiveness. Hear me this morning, church. Respect God's principles. And lastly, run into God's presence. Run into God's presence. Every chance you get. Every chance you get. Make it a continual thing. Run into His presence. Before your feet hit the floor in the morning, God, be with me today. Oh, Lord. You know the things I have to tackle today. And God, I put them in your hands. I'm thankful to be in your presence. Amen. That's that. Run into his presence. You have a chance to worship him. You have an opportunity to pray to him. You have a chance to, to, to worship. Take that. Run into his presence. Those are the keys to getting this peace that the scripture speaks of. God's peace. If you have his favor, you will have his peace. It's not peace on earth. It's a good thought, right though? Peace on earth. Lovely thought. It's not in the scripture. A lot of things are lovely thoughts, but not in the scripture. Right? Y'all know those, those misquoted, right? All those famous ones. God will never give you more than you can handle. That's not in the scripture. God will oftentimes give you more, give you more than you can handle so you will learn how to rely on him. What God does, He provides you way out, a way out of a sinful situation. That's what 1 Corinthians is talking about. Thought you didn't pay for that either. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And we're going to close with a familiar song. So those four things, if you're looking for God's favor and ultimately His peace, receive God's forgiveness. That's first. You've got to receive His forgiveness. It's there. It's a free gift. You didn't do anything to earn it. Receive His forgiveness. Rely on God's plan. And respect God's principles. Hello. And then run into God's presence. Would you stand as we close with this song this morning? We often sing this time of year about Emmanuel, God with us. 
another one of those modern popular songs that if we look at it through the lens of Advent and Christmas, it can take on a whole new meaning. So in light of everything that you've just heard, most of you know the words, they'll be on the screen. But join us as we sing, God with us. And then I have one question for you at the very, very end.
bow your heads. Father, in your presence this morning, I thank you, Lord, for Emmanuel, God with us. Father, in light of everything that we've just heard and we've just read, Father, if we would receive your forgiveness, that's step one. If we, we learn to rely on your plan, that you are sovereign, you are who you say you are. God, if we live according to your principles and we respect those and we run at every opportunity into your presence, then and only then will we find your favor and your peace. But God, it starts with forgiveness. So Father, in your presence, each one that's gathered here, that has bowed their heart, bowed their head, in reverence and awe to holy God, during this Christmas season, what a gift you've provided for us. The gift of salvation. The gift of forgiveness for all of our sins. Everything, every thought that we've ever had or done, there is forgiveness available, God, to everyone within the sound of my voice this morning. And so, God, what, a, what, a, what better gift could we have than to begin new life through the forgiveness of Jesus. And so God, with heads bowed and eyes closed in this room and online this morning, in response, God, to what we've just heard, if we are seeking your peace and seeking your favor this morning, it starts with forgiveness. And if you're gathered here this morning or you're watching online and you say, Pastor, that, that I need that forgiveness. I need, I need to find that peace. I don't have it. And I realize now through the reading of God's word that the only way I find that peace is through God's favor. And you realize now that God doesn't offer peace on a situation. He offers peace to a person, to you. And he offers forgiveness to a person, and that's you. So if you're here this morning, and you've kind of put it all together, and it's kind of come into your heart now, and you say, you know what, this is what, this is what I need. This is just what I need. Funny how God knows just what you need, as different as you are from the person that's in, within arm's length from you or the person across the room. As different as you are, God knows exactly what you need. And if you would have the courage, with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you would have the courage to say, you know what, Pastor, I would like you to pray for me, I would be honored to lift you before the throne of grace this morning. And you say, I need that forgiveness. I put it all together this morning and it just kind of clicked. The Holy Spirit just made it click. And I get it. I need God's favor, forgiveness, ultimately to receive his peace. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. 
I want to lift you before the throne. And we'll continue. But you've got to come to a place in your life where you say, you know what, that's what I, I need that. The Holy Spirit is, is tugging at your heart and you know but that you know. And if that's you this morning, would you have the courage to settle it before you leave here? And I'm going to look across the room. And if that's you this morning and you've put it all together and you say, I need that this morning, I need you to pray for me and continue to pray for me and I'll do that. But if you would just raise your hand and and slip it up, you don't even have to let your neighbor know you're doing it. But I'll know and God will know. It's an act of surrender to Him. Has it clicked for you this morning? And are you ready? Do you need His peace? Amen. If you seek His peace this morning, just say, Pastor, that's me. Slip it up quietly and say, I need His peace. Would you pray for me? And I will. One more look across the room. Amen. it all settled in your heart this morning anyone else Father you've seen those who have come to a place where they are seeking your peace and Father we lift those before you that have had the courage to say yes Lord I need to live in your favor and I am ready to receive your peace God, would you grant that in their hearts even right now? Even right now, Lord, as we pray. That they would know that peace that really does surpass all human understanding when chaos is all around and chaos is surrounding us and we're standing in the midst of the tornado and God, somehow, some way, from the tops of our head to the bottoms of our feet, we feel and know that your peace has come to rest on us. Because, God, we receive your forgiveness. We rely on your plan. God, we live and respect your principles and we run, Lord, right now into your presence. I thank you, Lord, in advance for what we're about to receive from the Holy Spirit because we have been obedient in surrender to you. We worship you this Advent season, this Christmas season. Father, be with each of us, Lord, as most of us are going to stay for the the meal and the talk with Officer Staples. Help us, Lord, to, to get nourishment from this food we're about to eat. Would you bless it, Lord? And it would give us the strength to praise you and to serve you all of our days. Father, go with us as we leave this place, but may we not depart from your presence, letting everyone around us know the reason for this season, that Jesus is Lord. Thank you in advance, Lord. May we not leave the same as we came in. In Jesus' name we pray, and it's for his sake. And we all agreed saying amen and amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas.